Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Breakdown, where we dive into the latest Dallas Cowboys news and analysis from around the Lone Star State. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out today at poddex.com and use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your first purchase. And we'd also like to thank our newest sponsor, Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash Larry21 for a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. But first, let's now get into the good, bad, and the ugly of week two. In the first week of the 2021 NFL season, Dallas Cowboys gave a valiant effort, failing just short of a major upset. In week two, this team faced not only a stiff challenge on the field, but also plenty of adversity off of it. Following the 31-29 loss to Tampa Bay, the Cowboys found out that starting right tackle, Lael Collins, would be suspended for five games. Dallas then learned they would be without starter, starting receiver Michael Gallup for at least three weeks due to calf injury. After that, starting defensive end Randy Gregory was placed on the COVID reserve list, which took him out of the game against the Chargers. To really hit the Cowboys with the ultimate whammy during the last full practice of the week, the team lost starting defensive end Demarcus Lawrence for likely two months with a broken bone in his foot. All of that in less than just a week prior to heading back on the road to face a potent offense. Of course, this team showed all the results that they did the week prior, pulling off a huge 20-17 upset. The win both even their record at 1-1, and also proved that this team was able to handle a large amount of adversity and be simultaneously successful. Let's take one last look back and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from week two. The good? Well, we could just say the name Micah Parsons and button up this section, but I'm going to talk about the entire defense. Yes, the rookie linebacker turned defensive end, turned heads, and had a breakout game. Two games into his career, 
Without his tenacity and game-wrecking domination, the result of this game likely would have been different. Parsons was not the only player to shine in Los Angeles, however. Quarterback Trevor Diggs snatched an interception, his second in back-to-back games. Safeties Jaron Kearse and DeMonte Kazee both had phenomenal games. Even everyone's favorite player to bash, linebacker Jalen Smith, placed better than decent. The defensive line seemed to spend a good amount of time in the backfield. To that end, the Chargers' leading rusher had just 54 yards, and the team as a whole was held under 100 yards. The Cowboys were also able to hold a team who went 14 for 19 on third down in week one to just 5 out of 12 on third down on Sunday afternoon. And now let's take a look at the bad. The game was remarkably close, almost certainly based on how the defense played. For an offense that went toe-to-toe with a high-powered offense in Week 1, seeing 14 points put on the board in the first quarter felt more like the same was to come. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Cowboys would go on to play two full quarters plus another five minutes into the fourth quarter before scoring again. That score, a field goal, was matched once again on the last play of the game with another field goal. That translates into 45 minutes, 17 seconds of game time without scoring. While it would be convenient to blame not having Collins and Gallup for this void of activity, that would not be accurate. One drive was shut down by a ridiculous non-call of pass interference on fourth down. Another drive was shut down by a timely sack of quarterback Prescott on third down. Largely the same defense that played a whale of a game, given the circumstances, also did not really get Los Angeles off the field too often. In between the two Cowboys scores, the Chargers had drives consisting of 12, 13, and 11 plays, respectively. Moving forward, the defense will need to make sure the offense has more opportunities, and the offense needs to do more when they have them. And I hate to do this, but now I've got to take a look at the ugly. Last week, the Cowboys special team unit was the focus of the bad, which, if you want to hear our analysis of the special teams, just click up here on the card. This week, it gets downgraded to ugly. Now, I bet you're thinking, but wait, all extra points were made. Both field goals were made, as well as including a 56-yarder for the win. How was that ugly? The actual play of the special teams was overall pretty good. It was the day after press conference given by the coach of this unit. That earns them the ugly. To set the scene, just after the two-minute warning, the Cowboys' defense forced L.A. into a punting situation on 4th and 20 from just inside midfield. Instead of just letting that be and giving the ball back to the offense, special teams coach John Fassel sent the heat trying to get a block out of it. What Dallas actually got was a 15-yard roughing the punter penalty, which extended the drive, allowing Los Angeles to keep the ball the rest of the quarter. During his time at the podium, instead of ripping the officials for a bad call, or even just taking any sort of blame for the call himself, Here's what Fassel said in an article written by USA Today. Quote, I think Cowboy fans aren't the play it safe type, so I was going to give them what they wanted, come after their blank on the punt rush. So I hope they're happy with it. We came after him. This is just terrible. First of all, the statement assumes all Cowboys fans unanimously agree on being ultra-aggressive all the time, regardless of the situation. 
Secondly, you're a coach in the NFL, not a DJ at the local radio station. Since when are you taking requests? Lastly, basing moves off of hypothetical fan desire is the equivalent of throwing your hands in the air and meaning you did not have a better idea. Thankfully, the Cowboys were able to battle adversity of a very good team and some questionable calls from both officials and their own coaches to earn a victory. Next week, or I should say in a couple of days, the hated Philadelphia Eagles come to town on Monday night. A win like this one, plus the first home game of the year, should have this team pumped. I know all of you are as well. And now, let's take a look at the fiasco surrounding Mike McCarthy. It's been a while since the Dallas Cowboys had to defend a road win. But that is exactly where they find themselves after week two. Coach McCarthy had been ridiculed this week for his clock management decisions at the end of the Los Angeles Roadland. I understand if you're confused by McCarthy's excuse at his post-game press conference when he blamed the mismanagement on a clock going out in the stadium. He went even further to say that offensive coordinator Kellen Moore had his clock blocked by a cameraman. Public consensus thinks that those excuses are lies. Maybe we can get a recording of his view to verify but it was interesting to hear McCarthy say that he thought the Chargers were going to take a timeout. If that is the case, then we all probably owe Mike McCarthy an apology. Let me explain. It was first and 10 at the Los Angeles 45-yard line. A field goal attempt here would be around a 62-yard attempt. Prescott is in the shotgun with only wideout CeeDee Lamb to his left. Receiver Cedric Wilson motions over from the right side of the formations. To Dak's left, then runs an out route for about a four-yard gain. He also runs out of bounds and stops the clock with 33 seconds remaining. You can even hear CBS announcer and former Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo say the Chargers are in no man's land. Tough call for a rookie head coach with three timeouts in his pocket. He was probably referring to the Cowboys being right on the cusp of field goal range. Field goal attempt would be around 59 yards at this spot. On second and six, the Cowboys ran a jet sweep to the right with Tony Pollard as the ball carrier. Pollard averaged 8.3 yards a carry in, his, in this game, so I understand the coaching staff trying to move the ball without the risk of throwing it. This has happened before, but a sack on Prescott probably takes you out of it, at least thinking about kicking the field goal. If Pollard gets the first down, there's no question McCarthy calls a timeout. Instead, Pollard gains three yards and is at the final spot for the game-winning field goal of 56 yards. That is where the confusion starts. When Pollard gets tackled, there are about 28 or 29 seconds remaining. The Chargers have all three of their timeouts while Dallas has only one left. They burned one a couple of plays earlier due to the Mari Cooper injury. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley probably wanted Dallas to force their hand. But I heard McCarthy say in a press conference that he thought Los Angeles would take a timeout. This is likely that moment. If the Chargers take a timeout there, it gives the Cowboys time to get a play they like. Staley opted to stand pat and the clock continues to run. Before I get to the rest of this scenario, just take a stroll down memory lane and think about how many times Prescott has led his team to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. But it ends up being too much time for the opponent. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers is a great example of this, but this scenario literally just happened to Dallas last week in Tampa.
think Mark McCarthy wanted to waste as much time as possible and schooled his rookie coach without giving away his real intentions. Could the confused looks on the sidelines have been a ruse? You see, Staley got his first NFL gig as an outside linebackers coach in 2017 and learned from current Denver Broncos head coach in Chicago. After three seasons in Chicago, he got the LA Rams defensive coordinator job last season. The Rams had one of the best defenses in the NFL last season, and that was enough for the Chargers to come calling. For reference, Kellen Moore has been coaching with the Cowboys the exact same amount of time Staley has been in the NFL. He's been prob- he's probably been so busy learning and adapting to the NFL offense that he has had a limited amount of time to form his own identity. It took former Cowboys coach Jason Garrett a while to learn the nuances of being the head. Now the clock is ticking, and this is the point where the supposed clock fiasco is happening. The Cowboys could call a timeout, but I'm not sure that it's the correct call. If Dallas calls a timeout with 29 seconds remaining, they huddle up and get a play call they all like. What happens if Dallas runs a pass play and it falls incomplete? It's fourth down with about 20 seconds left. After last week, I'm not sure anyone outside of the organization really knows if kicker Greg Zerline can make that kick. Any kick takes off about four seconds, but that still leaves 16 seconds and three timeouts for Los Angeles. If Zerline misses that kick, the Chargers are about 22 yards from having the exact same kick on the opposite side of the stadium, possibly as they have all three of their timeouts remaining. If Mark if McCarthy is getting this much heat for a win, I can only imagine what the headlines would have read. I think it is possible the Cowboys did this at the end on purpose. I wouldn't put it past them as last season. Cowboys fans around the nation tuned in to what they thought was a Cowboys scrimmage, only to hear announcers beat around the bush on how practice was going. It may not be aesthetically pleasing all the time, but sometimes you just have to enjoy the win no matter the circumstances. Week two is over, and it's time to move on to week three. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 
And now we're going to look into our week three analysis preview. The Cowboys are headed into Monday Night Football for week three against their biggest rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. The game contains hatred, tons of history, and whether other teams fans like it, huge amount of TV ratings. The Cowboys and Eagles each need a win to get to two to one. So I fully expect both teams to come out swinging. In this new weekly outlook on each game, I want to provide a weekly combination of history, weather outlook, and game analysis as we head into the weekend. The first two sections will be some fun history on the team along with what the weather will look like. The other two segments are more analytical as I dive into the under-the-radar player or scheme for each team and then cap it off with my gut prediction. I look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on this. You can leave us a comment in the comment section below. But now, let's get into it. So, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys history. There's an all-time record of 70-54 with a 3-1 postseason in favor of the Cowboys. When it comes to NFC East division titles, Cowboys have 20, while the Eagles have 11. The most recent matchup was December 27, 2020, Cowboys winning 37-17. The Cowboys come into this matchup holding nearly an entire season's worth of wins over the Eagles. While that points to a pretty sizable margin, neither team has won more than four consecutive games since 2003. The teams trade blows in the matchup quite often. While some fans don't believe the blue jerseys are cursed or bad luck, this matchup is where the stigma began back in the 1980. Championship, NFC Championship, the Eagles forced the Cowboys to wear their navy blue jerseys on the, on the road, which ended in a 20-7 defeat. This loss is where the curse was born for those that believe in it. More recently, the Cowboys and Eagles have both been on a hit of a roller coaster. Both have been success, such as the Cowboys' multiple playoff wins and the Eagles topping that with a Super Bowl win. But that success hasn't been sustained for each team as neither of them has been able to repeat as a division champion since 2004, 16 seasons ago. It appears there is a high likelihood that the division winner comes from one of these two teams, and this week is a gigantic early season matchup. In a division where wins against divisional opponents are often the deciding factor, the Cowboys and Eagles know an early victory sets up for a season of forcing the other to play catch-up. And now let's take a look at the weather. So they're playing at 18 T Stadium with a retractable dome. Uh, the predicted forecast is a high of 89, low of 68, partly sunny. Winds of 8 to 9 miles per hour with gusts up to 15 to 16 miles per hour. Luckily for Dallas, this week's weather really won't have too much of an impact on their ability for Prescott to throw the ball and hopefully get things going. The only thing that could have any sort of effect on this game would be if the roof is open at AT&T Stadium. The little wind gusts could come into play within the kicking game if they choose to keep the roof open. Alternatively, playing on a fast field like Dallas is one that the Eagles have to look forward to. Their first round draft pick, wide receiver Devontae Smith, is a burner, and I'm sure the Eagles will have some explosive plays drawn up for him to get open deep. The NFL wants offensive firepower and points. 
scored, and that is exactly what I expect in AT&T Stadium with pristine conditions for those two offenses to go to work. So we're going to take a look at right now at under-the-radar players. For Dallas Cowboys, I have Dalton Schultz, tight end. And for the Eagles, I have Dallas Godert at tight end. I think Schultz is a second or third target for a quarterback. On Dallas, he's a bit deeper down the line. He's got reliable hands, understands where the first down sticks are, and has proven a great outlet ball, valve for Dak Prescott to get the ball to. Clearly, the Eagles will be keying on receivers Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb this week, as any team should. I think that opens up the scene for Schultz in a big way. The Eagles' secondary is a little suspect at the strong safety spot. Veteran Rodney McLeod was inactive last week, rehabbing a torn ACL, and comes into this week questionable. Backup Marcus Epps is going through concussion protocol after exiting week one early. The Eagles are forced to start their third-string safety. safety. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore has a sizable mismatch with his athletic tight end. In between the hashes. Heck, I'm even going to say Schultz finds the end zone for us this week. Isn't it a bit ironic that the Eagles chose a player named Dallas? Anyway, I think this is an area that Eagles could hurt the Cowboys. Dallas Godert is a large man coming in at 6'5", weighing 256 pounds. He also splits time with Zach Ertz. It could be the ghost of Jeremy Shockey, Shockey, Brent Selleck, Chris Cooley, Jordan Reed, and many others that have caused me pain. But I think quarterback Jalen Hurts looks to go to early and often. The Cowboys will need a secondary performance like last week to thwart any success. And now, my gut prediction. Cowboys go 2-1 two two with a 31-20 victory. I don't see a way that a banged-up Eagle secondary is able to slow down Dak Prescott and company. The offensive mismatch is just too big and one that the Cowboys should be able to expose early and often. I expect O.C. Kellen Moore to have some unique stuff up his sleeve as the Cowboys take the field in their home opener. Running backs Pollard and Ezekiel each had a great outing last week. Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham tore his Achilles last week and is done for the year. This is a big loss against the Cowboys team that has proven that has a proven aerial attack and found some rhythm on the ground last week. Defensively, the Cowboys are figuring out a way to get it done. I think turnovers are the perfect definition of quote creating your own luck, and that is what the team is doing. The secondary is playing opt- opportunistic, and there is something to be said about a confident group. The defense spends most of the game with one or two breaks. But I think they hang in there and do enough to keep things manageable for the Cowboys' offense to win the game. The Cowboys and Eagles are always a game to tune into, and I expect this one to be no different. Things may stay close for a little while, but I think we are leaving Monday night 2-1, two, two and one, and at worst, a share of the NFC East title with a huge early season victory. And that is all we have for this episode of the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for watching and listening to the Big D Breakdown. If you want to support the show, uh, you can go to buymeacoffee.com.
facebook.com slash the big d and as always be sure to hit the like and subscribe button and i'll see you next time $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.